There's always something to be thankful for I'm awfully glad it's raining Cause no one sees your teardrops when it pours And no one knows the thunder Is your heartbreak in disguise They think the rainy nights What put that sad look in your eyes Sure I'm glad it's raining The gentle rhythm soothes the pain inside I'm glad the stars aren't shining A wounded warrior Welcome to the Cinema Men Podcast. I'm your host, John Murphy, and I'm joined by my co-host, Matt Hurdle. Not right now, John. Not right now. Oh, sorry. I'm so close. I've almost made it. I've been working, researching, toiling for years to finally create the most perfect recipe. Mm. The recipe that, as far as I know, has only been created one time, and that was in the movie Ernest Goes to Camp, and that is Exeronius. Exeronius. So let's see now. I've got two lobsters here. I'm going to throw them in there. Hey, how you doing, buddy? Oh, that's too bad. It's time for eggs erroneous. Here you go. Huh? How about you? Oh, yes, you. Huh? There we go. Now I've got, of course, eggs. Eggs. And we go. Eggs and eggs. It's Worcestershire sauce. Worcestershire sauce. More Worcestershire sauce. And then I've got some syrup. Yes. Will Ferrell suggested this one. Mm. This is syrup. It's one of the best food groups. There we go. And then finally, the secret ingredient. Toenails. Oh. That's right. Clipped toenails. In we go. Mm. And now I push this button and here we go. <laughs> well. Hmm. It seems that you're wearing most of it now. Yes. It's all over me. Just give me a moment. Let me scrape it off. Mm. Watch right. out. Yeah. This bowl, if my calculation's correct, is the perfect bowl of Exeronius. And there's only one thing left, John. What's that? For you to eat it. Uh, I'd rather not eat on an empty stomach. Go <laughs> for it, John. It's all you. Mm. Try it. Here. Here comes the airplane. Yeah. <laughs> oh. That was something. Yes, it's uh, finally got something right. Oh. It turns out that recipe was accurate. The pipes are clean now. Ooh. And uh, dulcet. Yes. Hmm. Well, now that my vocal cords are warmed up, <laughs> we are ready to review tonight's episode. We are going to be reviewing the 1987 comedy Ernest Goes to Camp, starring Jim Varney. 
directed by John R. Cherry III. Not to be confused with John R. Cherry or John R. Cherry Jr. Right. Totally different people. This is a spoiler podcast, so if you've never seen the movie and you don't want it to be spoiled, pause this episode, go watch the movie, and then come back. Um, because definitely you're going to want to watch this one. Stay tuned until the end of the episode where we reveal what our next movie will be so you can follow along with us. You know what I mean? If you want to get in touch with us or give us your take on a movie, email us at feedback at cinemamenpodcast.com or check us out on Twitter at twitter.com slash cinemamenpod. If you would like to support us monetarily and have the means to do so, you can go to anchor.fm slash cinemamenpodcast slash support. We use that money to improve the quality of the podcast. So in advance, thank you very much. We also have our short form series called the Cineminis. These are 30 minute or less episodes where we talk about random stuff. So go check that out. Our last episode was uh, around our favorite movie scores. Mm, and yes. Had a lot of fun with that. What's one. your tens? The 10 is my favorite score for a movie. Not 11. There's no 11. It just goes to 10. Oh. Okay. I was I was informed incorrectly then. Well, you might could make a review system that went to 11, but our review system only goes to 10. Spinal tap. They steered me wrong. That's what happened. There you go. There you go. All right. Oh, well, we should probably... <clears throat> it is September the 14th of the year 2021. <clears throat> And we just realized that Norm MacDonald passed away today. Mm. And I thought it worth mentioning, at least briefly, that one of a, a great comedian has passed. Yeah, this uh, by the time this airs, this will probably be older news. But the news just broke today. And uh, I'm, you know, I'm taking it a little hard, honestly. Mm. He, without question, um, at this point in time, is my favorite comedian. Uh, and, and it's a rough loss. So, yeah, too bad there. Yep. We, we lost a good one. Yep. He was a legend as far as deadpan comedy went. Mm -hmm. You could tell just <laughs> a droning story and it'd be the funniest thing ever. And I've been watching Norm MacDonald YouTube videos all day long. <laughs> so, uh, he's one of the funniest people around. Yep. He will be missed. Absolutely. Uh, well, let's get started and try to have a good time anyway. Let's do it. Have you ever had any group leadership experience? I had an ant farm once. How'd you like to be a counselor? It's the one, the only, Ernest P. Worrell. It's Ernest Unleashed, Unwound, Unbelievable in the movie everyone's running to see. No, no, not me. Oh, yeah, you. All right, reading the plot synopsis from imdb.com for Ernest Goes to Camp. Ernest, a lovable loser who works as, as a summer camp handyman and dreams of becoming a guidance counselor, must find a way to inspire a group of juvenile delinquents, as well as stop a shady strip mining company from closing the camp. Meh, little, little wordy. <laughs> Yeah, for this movie, it is a little worthy. That's true. But, you know, uh, it is what it, it is. is uh, it is what it is. That's right. It, it's I've, I've seen worse synopsis. Yeah. Synopsi. So 
Let's talk about the plot of Ernest Goes to Camp. I'm surprised it didn't win any Oscars, right? You know, it's uh, this is definitely grade A writing. <laughs> like, you know, I, I figure that Kubrick, when he's directing, uh, probably references this film a lot. <laughs> um, it's, uh, man, what a masterpiece this movie is. Hmm. Indeed. Uh, but yeah, what did you really think? <laughs> uh, okay. So plot, um, you know, we have to, we got to come right out from the beginning and make this known because this is important with this film. This, uh, this is not just a family film. I would go as far as to say, this is a kid's film. This is a movie for kids. Um, looking at the plot from a kid's perspective, the plot's fine, right? It's, it's no award winner. It's, it's, you know, it's bad, honestly, <laughs> but it doesn't really matter. The plot is just a vehicle to deliver Jim Varney, earnest gags, you know? Mm-hmm. So really, yes, the plot's terrible, but I feel like that's kind of irre- ir- irrelevant. Mm-hmm. I almost said irreverent. It's irreverent. That's the right word. <laughs> no. It is irrelevant if that the plot is bad because it doesn't matter. Right. It's like watching a stand up and being mad that he didn't tell a good enough story in between the jokes. Mm-hmm. It's um, it, it's bad. But, you know, when you're a kid watching this, which is obviously who this is targeting, you don't care. Right. You see the summer camp. You're like, oh, this is cool. All these kids are having fun and there's no parents and they're swimming and they're having adventures and they're building teepees and there's turtles on parachutes and there's stinky toilets. And, it, you know, that's what this movie's about. So, um, yeah, the plot stinks, but it doesn't matter to, to, to a, uh, five to 10 year old or maybe even 12 year old, the plot doesn't matter. Um, you're right. And I, I brought a lot of nostalgia into this movie, watching it for the first time in many, many years. And even that couldn't save the plot. Like I, I, it was really hard to get through this movie. And really the only thing that saved it was I watched it with my five-year-old and my Mm seven-year-old. And when I did so, I had a great time watching this movie, regardless of its numerous flaws. Um, See, there we go. It's a kid's movie. Yeah. Watching your kids laugh harder than they've ever laughed at something is a joy. Um, And so I highly recommend it. If you have kids, um, let them watch this movie. It's crude. So if you're not a fan of showing that kind of stuff to your kids, then pass. Well, crude is a stretch. I mean, there's there's toilet humor, toilet humor. But I mean, then there's a few there's a few cusses, but the cusses are tame cusses. They're not dropping F-bombs. It's more like, damn it or get the hell over here. Yeah. Cuss words. There's but there's a lot of like food stuff, like like not crude as as far as like cussing and violent or any of that stuff. Oh, I got like, you. I got you. Just gross. Grossness. Like gross humor. Yeah. Yeah, there's lots of gross stuff. That's true. Um but 87. Yeah. In 87 kids liked gross stuff. Oh, well, I guess kids probably still do. Yeah, but they do. Not as much as they did. Definitely do. Um I think the mo- movie has a interesting idea and concept. Um like this idea of a camp counselor or a, sorry, not a camp counselor, a handyman who wants to be a camp counselor and and this like Indian lore of 
uh, warrior rite of passage and wanting to keep land uh, owned by a Native American chief uh, and not giving it up to this mining company. Um, all of it is pure and wholesome, I guess. Yeah, it's a wholesome. Movie. Yeah, I'd say that. Um, and Ernest, for sure, like you said, he is the draw to the movie. Um, the entire movie kind of revolves around him. Um, and to be fair, Ernest is a funny and likable character. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't think if you're watching it alone and you're in your 30s or over that you're going to be like, oh, man, this was excellent. Yeah. Even yeah, like you're saying, even with nostalgia, this one's a little rough. Um, I have a lot of nostalgia for this movie. This was my favorite of the Ernest movies growing up. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, revisiting it now, it was, uh, it was a little rough. <laughs> um, that, well, we'll get into it as we cover the categories. I do want to say, like you're saying, the plot does, for its faults, have a lot of heart. Um, it's it's telling, you know, overall a positive story mm-hmm. about, like you're saying, um, the the handyman who dreams of being the counselor. You've got the group of troubled kids who nobody will give a chance to. And so the earnest on a trial basis takes these kids because nobody else wants to deal with them and uh, does his best. And they wind up, uh, you know, feeling connected to him because he's the first adult to really ever give them the time of day. Mm-hmm. And they respond well to that. So there's kind of a redemption slash turnaround of these delinquent kids. And uh, then Ernest gets tricked into selling the whole camp out to this corporation and they stand up for their beliefs and take the camp back and a questionably moral stand (laughs) in which they do millions of dollars of property damage. But it's a kid's movie, so you kind of have to gloss over that. Yeah. Yeah, that that, I was going to mention that, too, is like you've got this evil strip mining company coming in and taking the camp via shady means it's pretty unbelievable um and then uh you have a what is essentially an all-out battle between some kids and these mining workers destroying lots of property and not killing anybody but also not really trying to avoid it uh, it just yeah, blowing <laughs> stuff up and shooting fire arrows and all kinds of toilet bombs yeah. getting launched. Like, yeah. Uh, the whole time I was like, yeah, these kids are not to mention what they did to that bus over the course of half a day. <laughs> like they take a fully functional <laughs> camp bus, which is just a school bus. Yeah. Like cut it down, build like this platform with a catapult on it and all kinds of like, there's a crane, a working crane on it. I'm like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. These kids are pretty handy. (laughs) It's all, it's all a bit of fantasy. Um, but it's like if the juvie, uh, workers had found out these kids had done this, that would have added like five to 10 years to their, uh, their sentence or whatever. (laughs) Um, I like the idea of this Native American warrior rite of passage. Um, so that was that was weird. Yeah, no, I'm with weird. you. I liked it. It was I liked weird it. It because was Ernest doesn't embody most of those characteristics. <laughs> that was my problem. Well, and uh, not only that, but you've got this <laughs> comedy about kids at summer camp, right? Mm-hmm. 
the very first scene, you see this Indian man tied up on a rock and they're throwing knives and axes and mm-hmm. bow shooting arrows at him. And then you're just like, what the heck? Mm-hmm. And then you cut to Ernest going, ew. <laughs> and you're just like, it was a little jarring. Yeah. It was kind of an odd transition there. That is true. I, I, was, I did like it. Yeah, it was good. But it was weird. So my daughter was watching it with me and my son, but my daughter, we, we were watching it and they didn't want to watch it, first of all, because it wasn't animated, but I made them watch it. <clears throat> and uh, the that first scene came on and my daughter's she closed her eyes <laughs> like because <laughs> she was scared of it, I guess. Um, and then the movie changes. So I agree. It was a very odd choice, but they had to set that up somehow. Yeah, I, I don't know how they could have done it any different. Yeah, <clears throat> it was it was necessary for the end of the film. Yeah. Uh, okay. Plot is, uh, well, it is what it is. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's there. <laughs> there are worse plots out there, but not a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you just had a bad plot, that would be okay. Uh, but- you know what? Okay. So yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about it now and I don't think I'm going to, I'm going to back up a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't think the plot is necessarily that bad. I think it's the writing that's bad. Mm -hmm. Because if you look at the plot, you know, from a thousand foot level, Mm -hmm. it's really not that bad. A couple of kids are in a camp. You've got the the couple of storylines going with the kids and their redemption arc and the bullying. And then you've got the the camp getting basically swindled out from under them and the fight to take it back. That's not bad, honestly. Yeah, it's, it's unique and not a terrible plot. It's the details that. Yeah, it's the details. One hundred percent. Yeah, it's the details that that mess it up. And that it. That, I mean, I don't know what the original script was had in it. Um, so maybe they changed some stuff once they got into filming. But you know, making the making the Indian the Native American guy. Uh, turn over his land because Ernest was translating and all that. That was weird. And um, having the mining workers be evil, you know, they they're just crater. The guy that owns the company, he he'll do anything to get that land and include shoot people. And uh, it's just, I don't know. It was one thing after another. Well, now I'll say this as a, as a kid, Crater was an evil, evil man who was terrifying. Mm-hmm. And that big old, the big old football player who, you know, beats up Ernest. He was a scary, terrifying dude. He was. As a grown up watching this, I'm like, man, he probably should be shooting at Ernest because <laughs> Ernest is trying to kill his work crew. <laughs> and this other guy is just trying to do his job and is like defending. Like it, it's a little different as a grown up mm-hmm. than it is as a kid. Uh, when you're a kid watching it, you're kind of watching it through the eyes of the kids mm-hmm. somewhat. And then as an adult, you're trying to associate yourself with Ernest, which is really hard to do. So then you've got the other adults. And so <laughs> I, uh, I feel kind of bad for the construction guys because, you know, what do you do? Mm-hmm. You show up for work and you're you're ready to do your job. And a bunch of kids drive a bus out led by uh, Ernest <laughs> and an Indian chief. And they start 
like throwing snapping turtles at you and you're like, okay, this is weird. And then they start shooting fire arrows at your equipment, throwing toilet bombs at you. Mm -hmm. Like, what do you do? They're kids. You can't, (laughs) you can't really do anything back. Yeah. (laughs) You know, so that's what they do. They just kind of stand there like, (laughs) what do we do? (laughs) Somebody call the cops. (laughs) I can't do anything. And then the cops come and take away the the good guys. Really, <laughs> the construction company who's legally on their land get arrested. It's like what what happened? Yeah. <laughs> Best not to think about such things too much. Mm-hmm. Acting, the acting is pretty bad. Yeah, yeah, it's bad. <laughs> there are some some standouts. I mean, I think Jim Varney is. He's just being earnest and he knows that character because he created that character. <laughs> I see what you did there. He's just being earnest. <laughs> yes. Um, but he did. I mean, he created the character and yeah. uh, he knows Ernest better than anybody. And uh, he is funny. Uh, if you enjoy that kind of humor, that, slapstick he's always hurting himself he's always doing the wrong thing kind of humor uh there were some other notable standouts um gail yard sartain who played jake uh he's in a lot of the other Ernest movies as well but i love him he's always kooky and wacky um mm-hmm. and he he was he's always doing that eye cutting yes movie. back and forth <laughs> Or he's uh, making a pig noise. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> but he's great. I, I have a lot of uh, fond memories of watching him uh, as a kid. Pretty much everybody else is terrible. Um, I might be missing somebody, but I really have. No, I mean, terrible. Just not. <sighs> this is not a movie where you expect high caliber, high caliber acting. Yeah. You know what I mean? It. You know what I mean, John. Yeah, I know what you mean. It, the the kids did fine. Well, you know, uh, for what they had to do, it, it wasn't great. But I mean, it was a eighties kids movie that, you know, some of these kids looked like they were six. So I mean, acceptable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you had the bad guys who did okay. I thought uh, you had Iron Eyes Cody, who's a really interesting. Uh, individual mm-hmm. playing the old Indian chief. That's literally what his name is. Old Indian chief. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got Victoria Rossimo or Rossimo. Mm-hmm. Uh, she plays nurse St. Cloud, uh, who is the Indians chief's daughter. She's one of the only serious roles in the whole film. She does. Okay. Uh, John Vernon does. Okay. as crater. Um, Lyle Alzado, the uh, former lineman, plays uh, Bronk Stinson. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally his name. Not Brock Sampson. Bronk Stinson, <laughs> uh, who is the foreman. And he does fine, too. He's just this comical, larger-than-life, kind of no-holds-barred, angry character. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I mean no-holds-barred the movie, because he reminds me of the Taney Wangers <laughs> guy a little bit. Uh, for those of you who've heard that episode. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. The acting isn't great, but I, I don't expect it to be great in this movie. Right. Like you almost just you see the trailer for this and you're like, oh, this is going to be bad, mm-hmm. but it might be funny. Let's go check it out. You know? Yeah. 
I just, I don't know. It. I have a problem. The kid actors were fine as far as their acting, maybe. Uh, but I have a real pet peeve with kid actors who are acting older than they are. Mm. It has to be done in a particular way. And it really bothers me when it's not done the way that I feel like it should be done. These guys were all acting like they were in their mid to upper teens. And most of them were 13 or or younger. Oh, I would say 13 would be the oldest by a long shot. I don't even think they were that. I think they were like nine. Maybe. Yeah, sure. Um, So that bothered me throughout the whole movie until they started becoming more uh, sympathetic. I'll tell you, the, when you first meet them, you see this one kid. He's in like a cutoff shirt that looks like a vest. And he's got like a almost like a military cut, like a ice man kind of haircut and top gun. He's got earrings and he looks kind of mean. Mm. And then he looks up and he's like, hey, how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> His voice hadn't changed yet. And I was like, oh, oh, no, <laughs> that's shocking. <laughs> and uh, it, it really it really took me off guard mm. seeing this kid trying to be tough and he's like yeah why don't you pick on someone <laughs> your own size and I'm like oh oh no yeah <laughs> maybe, maybe come back in about two years bud yeah <laughs> it, it was it was a little annoying um, pull out a switchblade what do you think of this <laughs> I'll shank you John <laughs> <sighs> And that was the other thing. Uh, so they, it's this school or this, it's like a juvie uh, mm-hmm. school and they let, they let these kids go to camp. So obviously right off the bat, they can't be that bad. Right. But they portray them as just the worst of the worst. And they've got switchblade knives and all this stuff, but then they don't ever really do anything to indicate that they're that bad. So yeah, the worst thing they do is defend the the youngest one. Um, yeah, by pushing the lifeguard into the water. Yeah. So right off the bat, I don't believe them because if they were the worst of the worst, they would start off irredeemable almost. But mm-hmm. they start off, and you're like, oh, these kids are misunderstood. Um, yeah, they're really not that bad. And I guess that <laughs> was, that's obviously the point, but maybe they should have started it off with like these are just some bad seeds or, Mm. or whatever. But anyway, cheesy acting all, all around. Um, And the youngest one moose. Yeah. He was like, he's just adorable the whole time. He never does anything bad. He doesn't ever see anything bad out of him at all. He doesn't just a nice kid. (laughs) He doesn't even belong (laughs) there. Why is this kid here? (laughs) Yeah. it, It was weird. So I guess that's what really bothered me was just the, unevenness of all the acting like you had Ernest who's basically a cartoon character you had the kids who weren't really that bad and then you had the serious actors who were just I get maybe it was the writing or or I don't know but it was cheesy acting both of them (laughs) I think there were maybe three serious actors in the whole movie yeah so it it was just by serious actors we don't mean the actors are serious we mean they're playing characters that aren't nothing that are not cartoons basically right yeah Yeah, just you know the the acting's bad i've already said it the the acting's bad but you know i i kind of expect bad acting in an earnest movie (laughs) well yeah i need to 
maybe one of our other subsequent movies will be Ernest Goes to Jail. Um, mm-hmm. But that's my favorite. And I have a feeling that that is just an all around better movie. See, um, I thought you would either be Slam Dunk Ernest or Ernest Goes to Africa. Oh, God, no. <laughs> no? I didn't see anything past Ernest Saves Christmas. Ernest uh, Rides Again? Nope. Didn't see it. Ernest in the Army? Nope. Ernest Goes to School? Nope. Uh, Ernest Saves Christmas? Yeah. You've seen that one. That's the last Air one breaks. I saw. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ernest Goes to Jail... Is, and Ernest Scared Stupid. Those were my jam. Those were my movies. And I, I watched. Those were kind of the, the three. I guess there were four main yeah. artist movies Camp, Jail, Christmas, and Scared. Mm-hmm. And I watched Camp first, but I think I was a lot younger. Um, so I, I would be interested to compare them now uh, and see if maybe this one was just really just more geared towards kids because. Ernest goes to jail. There are no kids. It's not a, I think it's less of a kid's movie um, and more of just a straight comedy for, for anybody. Well, this, this was the first official Ernest movie. Um, Yeah. He had done some other, a lot of TV work prior to this. um, And there was an Ernest film festival, but I think that was like uh, shorts and things like that. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, he did a movie in 85 called Dr. Otto and the Riddle of the Gloom Beam. I've which seen I'm, that. Uh, have you really? <laughs> yes. So is that, is that, yeah, Ernest is in that. So actually that would be the first Ernest movie. Well, he's, he's, he's playing Dr. Otto, but yeah. he, I think there's one Ernest cameo. So technically <clears throat> he's not in it, but all right. Jim Varney so, for sure is. Um. Ernest Goes to Camp, I guess you could say, is the first official yeah. artist movie. Yeah. Uh, and then Christmas came out uh, the next year. And so then he had his TV show, which he had a Saturday morning TV show for kids called Hey Vern, It's Ernest. Yep. Um, he did some Disney work and then Jail was the next one and then Scared Stupid. And his rise to fame is fascinating. And maybe we'll talk about talk about that in uh, Did You Know? Um, mm-hmm. but that, that whole scenario or the reason he became a movie star, uh, makes me still love these movies, even though they are not that great. Well, Jim Varney's great. Yeah. Like it's hard not to like Jim Varney. I mean, he's slinky dog for heaven's sakes. Yeah. He is slinky dog. He's, uh, he's freaking Jed camp, Jed clamp. <laughs> California howdy (laughs) all right acting not great not great art direction cinematography and visual effects (laughs) (laughs) this honest to goodness you could tell me that this was a made for TV movie and I would believe (laughs) it is it's just it's no yeah it's it, it, it's like somebody like like Ernest Jim Varney was like, hey, we're going to do this movie. Uh, hey, uh, hey, Vern, you ever run a camera, Vern? Come film this for me. <laughs> <laughs> Just, you know, not great. Yeah, I have a few no, uh, notable notes, notable notes. Mm-hmm. Um, Ernest's costume is iconic. So, oh, yeah, that's yeah. that's one of. 
one of the things that this movie brought to the world was Ernest's costume. And if you're of that era, you grew up in the 80s, then and you see the blue jean uh, vest and jeans and worker shirt, like, you know, you know what that's from. Yeah. The tan cap. Mm -hmm. Um. The sets were okay. Uh, yes. You know, they were cheap. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they did look okay. Yeah. But really what I want to talk about is Jake and Eddie's food contraption. Oh, my gosh. Which was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where they got this idea, but it was a stroke of genius because it was one of the best parts of the movie. Uh, just... Those two trying to make eggs erroneous by throwing it's just like junk into a, a, a bunch of trash cans <laughs> and stainless steel stuff strapped together with Christmas lights. <laughs> and it all it does is you put ingredients in one side and it shoots gross, <laughs> chunky stuff out the other side. <laughs> not even a, not even in a way you can catch it. <laughs> it no, just goes it <laughs> splatters it everywhere like a shotgun. Uh. But yeah, I liked that it. it was kind of DIY, um, but it, it was just funny. And then the battle mobile that they make was, as a kid, I remember that being the coolest thing ever. Oh, no, that thing was awesome. Yeah, yeah to a kid, that thing is amazing. Mm-hmm. But as an adult, I'm like, there's no way they made that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Throwing uh, toilets. Why toilets? I don't Cause it's kids humor, I guess. kids potty humor. It's funny. <laughs> I'll never, I'll remember being in like elementary school as a kid and me and my friends would, every time we'd go to the bathroom, one of us would look in the toilet and go, <laughs> and we'd all laugh, you know, like oh, yeah. it, it's, it's, this stuff is really funny. If you're a kid, <laughs> at least it was, if you were a kid in the eighties, I don't know. You, well, you said your kids loved it. So they did. I, and maybe they obviously they inherited my some of my humor or my the stuff that I gravitate towards. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if part of it, like I don't even remember how I was introduced to Ernest, but I know that you know he started in the South, like from Kentucky, and so maybe maybe if you live in the South, you gravitate more towards Ernest. I don't know, but well, a lot of us know someone like Ernest. Oh, for right? certain. <laughs> And that helps. Yeah. I have a cousin and uh, yeah, we always make comparisons to Ernest. With him. So here, here's something and I'm going off uh, off script a little bit here. But uh, what do you know about Iron Eyes Cody? Uh, I didn't do any looking up on him. So I, I assumed he was an actual Native American from a tribe or something. But so, yeah, Iron Eyes, Co- Iron Eyes Cody, he made an entire career. Uh, out of playing Native Americans on TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has a lot of acting credits going back to, let's see, 1925 mm. was his first uh, appearance. And he was an Indian and he played a Native American in uh, pretty much every single role he had. His last movie that he's got uh, recorded on IMDb was in uh, 1990. Where he plays Iron Eye, Iron Eyes Cody. Uh, if you want to go one more, it was this movie, uh, Ernest Goes to Camp in 1987, where he played the old Indian chief. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to read you some of the characters he's played. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, he played 
Chief Watashi in the A-Team in 86. He played an American Indian in Newhart. He played Chief Daniel Tinqua in Fantasy Island in 1982. In 1980, he played the Shaman on Matt and Jenny, a TV show. 1978, he played the Medicine Man in How the West Was Won. 77, in the movie Grey Eagle, he played Standing Bear. In 1976, in a movie called The Quest, he was Old Indian. 1973, he played Full Moon in Dusty's Trail. (laughs) 71, he was the Crying Indian in Keep America Beautiful. Now, that is a very famous commercial that many of us have seen. Mm. Where you see an Indian picking up trash. Yes. Or I should say Native American picking up trash. And he looks at the camera and there's a tear going down his eye. He was that guy. Hmm. Right. He was not Native American. (laughs) Was he just a. Iron Iron Eyes Cody. uh, Real name is Espera or Oscar DeCorti. Spanish. uh, And he is Italian. Oh. Uh, I think I think Sicilian is the. I'm not positive, but yeah, how crazy is that? <laughs> His entire mm. career, from like the 20s to the 90s, everyone just assumed he was Native American, and it wasn't until he passed away in uh, 1999 that it came out that he was actually from Italy. Wait, they didn't know? No. <laughs> Nobody, nobody knew this until like post-mortem. Oh my gosh. In 1924, he moved to California from Italy, changed his name from DeCordy to Cody and began working as an actor, presenting himself as Native American. Uh, He married a Native American archaeologist in uh, 1936. They had two adopted sons. Um... And he claimed that he was Native American, even though he was Italian with ancestors from Sicily. Now, I will say this. um, While it is odd that he did this, Mm -hmm. uh, he did throughout his career uh, labor and lobby for Native American causes. And he was actually honored by the Native American community of Hollywood in 95 as a uh, non-Native for his contribution to uh, to movie and to the uh, Native American tribes. Okay. So that was a lot of words, but this was brought to my attention and I wanted to, to sneak this out there because I think it's a real interesting fact that I had no clue about this guy. Yeah. I mean, that's super interesting. Uh, I didn't know that. Yeah. More power to him, I guess. Uh, so he had no Native American blood at all? No, none at all. <laughs> he was completely Italian. It does say that uh, in 1996, um, a reporter challenged that he was actually Native American and revealed that he was Italian. Mm-hmm. But uh, Cody denied that uh, he was uh, Italian. Okay. He also has a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Well, yeah, with that many credits. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. All right. Sorry. So back to back to art direction now that we're done with that tangent. Yeah. Anything else you want to bring up about? Um, this? Yeah. I mean, the costumes were OK. They were very 80s. Um, the, the juveniles, you know, they're wearing clothes that are supposed to look like 80s thugs kind of. But it just doesn't really work that great because mm-hmm. they have to keep it kind of muted. Um. Other than that, yeah, I mean, it's just kind of your standard 
fair, nothing outstanding. Cinematography is pretty whatever, you know, like you can tell it's a movie, but it does. The whole thing feels like it was made for TV. Yeah. Despite the fact that it had, I think, a three million dollar budget. Yeah. Which is a low budget, to be fair, but not as low in 1987 as it was in it would be today. Yeah. I mean, that was pretty sizable amount of money. Uh, Score. Um, you know, it's not, it's not terrible. Yeah. I think it fits. It's not good, but it's not terrible. It fits within the theme of the movie, I think. Yeah. And you've got that earnest classic. I sure am glad it's raining. That'll jerk some tears. It's not that bad, honestly, considering that Varney's singing it as earnest. It's really not that bad. I'm a sucker for a good sappy song and it almost got me. Yeah, I mean, you got standard generic 80s comedy fare for the rest of it, yeah. right? It's just, you know, goofy sounded comedy music in a kid's movie, kid's comedy specifically. So don't forget the me and you song. Me and you and you. And me. <laughs> no matter how they toss the dice, that song will get in your head, by the way. Yep. So be careful watching this movie. Mm-hmm. Our, I used to- Which I always thought that was weird, too, because that's like the go to song for these child delinquents. <laughs> Yeah, it's not what you expect. Once again, right? you expect them to break out like <laughs> I don't know, early eighties, like Michael Jackson at oh, least, Amber well, <laughs> Jackson, some what Meatloaf? Who, who would have been early eighties? <laughs> Meatloaf, yeah, Kiss, yeah, right. Kiss is a great example. You would expect, right? But no, they're like me and you, <laughs> and, you and me, and you're like, wait a minute, y'all are the y'all are the mean kids, and y'all that's your song. <laughs> Further establishing that they weren't actually delinquents. <laughs> no. Uh, okay, not a lot to talk about the score. I mean, I think it was just good enough. Yeah. Uh, miscellaneous. I'll say, you know, basically going into this movie, it's it's the Jim Varney show, right? You're you're going to this movie to see Ernest be Ernest. And if that's your aim, as it should be with an Ernest movie, the, the movie's okay. It's acceptable. Mm-hmm. You go into this looking for, uh, you know, the next big thing in art, and uh, you're going to be humanly disappointed because <laughs> it's, it's pretty crappy on all points, except as a direct vehicle to deliver Jim Varney gags. So, um, you know, go into it with that kind of perspective and I think you'll, you'll be okay. Yeah. Uh, and as I said, watch this movie with kids, if you are able to, um, I watched it with mine and they laughed harder than I've ever heard them laugh. Um, if I were watching it on my own, I don't know that I would have gotten as much enjoyment out of it today as I did when I was Mm -hmm. a kid. Yeah. I, I feel like. You know, a, a lot of the funniest parts of this movie are when Jim Varney kind of makes comments to grownups. Mm-hmm. You know, like he'll say something that you're like, wait, what did he just say? And then you're like, oh, and you start laughing. Right. He'll slip that in every once in a yeah, while. Yeah, the more adult parts. And those are the, yeah. that's the funniest parts as a grown up. Mm-hmm. And I really would like to see him do more of that. But I guess he's being super careful about wanting to be a kid targeted movie. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I, I would. I think this movie would be a lot better if he did more of that. Yep. Uh, well, we are sort of already doing it, but um, 
Do you want to go ahead and give your overall thoughts and star rating? Yeah, I mean, like, like you said, I kind of gave them already. Yeah. Um, it's an earnest movie. Uh, you can't have too high of an expectations for any earnest movie. Um, if you've seen one, you've seen pretty much all of them, with one exception, that being Ernest Scared Stupid, because that one has a lot of trauma associated with it. <laughs> uh, and if you're a kid who grew up with that film, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, if you don't, you'll have to wait till we review it. <laughs> um, but it's got, you know, I have a lot of nostalgia for this. I loved this movie growing up. Uh, as a grown up, it doesn't hold up near as well, though. Um, and man, it pains me to do so, but I think I'm going to come in with a four on this one. Uh, well, I basically agree. Uh, Watch again for the third time. Watch this movie with your kids. If you have kids, uh, this will add points to this score. Um, I'm probably going to rate it based on that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I love Ernest. I love the character of Ernest. Um, oh, man, I do, too. He's a he's a great character. He's a he's a optimist to the end. Uh, there are very few moments in any Ernest movie where he is down. He's always trying to look on the bright side of things. He always pers- tries to persevere. He gets back on that horse. Um, he never quits. And that's one of the things that I took from the movie as a message as a kid was don't let anybody tell you you can't do something and don't let anybody bring you down. Uh be yourself and just try to do what you think is right and uh, live your life. Um, So Mm -hmm. there is a message there to be had and hopefully my children pick that up. Uh, But at the same time, it's just a bunch of slapsticky gaggy comedy um, uh, that's wrapped in pretty terrible acting. (laughs) Uh, So, so Mm -hmm. plot and, uh, some deep okay music um so like matt said go into it knowing what you're about to watch and you'll probably have a decent time with it it is not an oscar winner it is not even really it's not really even a good movie uh it's just uh, a way to watch Ernest yeah fall on his face and and get back up and try again. Uh, so I'm going to give it a five out of 10, uh, having watched it with my kids. But man, if I was 10 and you had told me to give it a rating out of 10, I would have said eight or nine when I was a kid. This, this would have been a 10 for me yeah. when I was eight. I was just like, this is, this is the greatest movie ever made. Yeah. As a kid, I would, I would pretend that I was going on those attack raids all the time. <laughs> I'd be like, get the turtles and oh. parachute turtle time. Here we go. <laughs> Pokey. Or, yep. <laughs> I'm scared, Sarge. <laughs> We're all scared, son. <laughs> yeah, where did that come from? Oh, I don't God. know, but it made me laugh. I'm pretty sure they were intending that to actually be Pokey speaking and not some. You know, <laughs> I need I need to say this, too. While we're before we move forward, this movie, I know I just gave it a four, but I have to say, legitimately, this movie made me laugh 
after all these years and all the times I've seen it, there were several moments when I watched it this recent time and I laughed out loud. Mm-hmm. And that's that's something mm-hmm. that counts for something. Yeah. But every time it was because of Jim Varney. Yeah. It he, wasn't because the movie was good. <laughs> it was because Jim Varney was hilarious yeah. as artist. He is a truly funny, funny man. All right. Spice Awards. The Spice Awards. We have five categories. Best actor, most underrated performance, favorite scene, favorite quote, and funniest gag. Best actor. Um, so, okay. I mean, there's really only one choice for this. It's, it's you know, it's Ernest. Yeah. It's Jim Varney playing Ernest. Morning, Ernest. Oh, hi, Miss St. Cloud. The sun rides high in its path across the heavens. Where is the red chaise lounge? Ernest, what I came down here for is... You know, engineering your lifeguard stand is an important business. You have got to figure your angles just right. Of course, I won't always be fixing things around here. One day, I will be a full-fledged counselor. I have learned all the steps in the path of the brave. I have memorized the handbook. And I learned the kick-a-key sign language. If only they'd give a fella a chance. I'm sure they will, Ernest. Nuh-uh. But the real reason I'm here is to see if you've gotten all your shots. <laughs> shots. Yeah. This whole movie is about <laughs> Ernest. It's... It's all his jokes. It's a character piece on Ernest and he carries the film. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, his acting's not great, but it's Ernest, right? It's like saying Pee Wee Herman didn't act well in a Pee Wee movie. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it, the acting is great because it's exactly what it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, yeah, I, I've got to give it to Varney. Yep. hundred percent agree. There's not even another choice really. Um, Ernest is, <laughs> he's, uh, if you're like, if you grew up in the 80s, he's an iconic character. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, he, it's, this is his vehicle, as they say. Um, and it's the reason you watch the movie. So, gotta give this it. This is where a lot of us saw him for the first time, too. Yeah. Gotta give it to him. Uh, most underrated performance. What do you have for this one? Uh, so, for this one, um, you know, I was tempted to give it to John Vernon, who played Sherman Crater. There are such things as laws. There are proper channels. You can't just go into someone's house and take the... Hey. What are you doing here? They're still in there. Sherman, can we not give this family just a little more time? Do they have any legal right to be there? Technically, no. Then get rid of them. Thank you. This house is the last thing in our way. I tell you, 
You ain't gonna take her home. I don't care what the paper says. Get out! Get out of here now! Now, why don't you give me some more of your excuses as to why you don't have that lease for Camp Kikiki? Uh, just because he, he plays a pretty decent mean guy and, uh, he's, um, you know, it, it's easy to dislike him. He, he just plays this real jerky mean character and he's, um, a little menacing, which can be hard to do in a goofy comedy like this, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so that's why, uh, you know, I gave it to John Vernon. <laughs> I considered it and then I went for it. Um, Congratulations. Yeah, I, I did consider giving it to Victoria uh, Racimo or Racimo mm -hmm. um, because she, you know, she played the daughter of the old Indian chief and she did good, but I don't think she was, her character is not really as memorable as a crater. And, uh, you know, he, he, John Vernon's just got that mean eyed glare down, you know, mm -hmm. and, uh, so I want to I want to give it to him for that one. He scared me as a as a kid. Hey, he was a scary yeah. dude. And I, you know, there's not a whole lot of like on-screen violence necessarily. Like there's a lot of stuff in the battle scene, but no one's getting hurt or anything, but he tries to shoot Ernest point blank three times. Uh, mm -hmm. So I remember that. Like how how could anyone try to shoot Ernest P Oral? <laughs> exactly. <clears throat> yeah, that's a good pick. Uh, I went with Gillard Sartain. I'm not even sure that's how you say his either name, uh, but he played Jake. Any the way I've got this figured is the new Liverloaf Launcher Ranger can feed the entire camp in, in two minutes. It slices, it dices, it, it julienes, and it teaches respect. Yes, Jake. The Liverloaf Launcher Ranger has taken us one step closer to the elusive Ixaronius. Ready, Eddie? Lobster bisque! Lobster bisque, Eddie. Ready, ready. No, no, not the lobster bisque! Oh, you don't want to go in the Liverloaf Ranger? No! Okay, I won't put you in there then. Yeah. You and your sappy friend, too. No, no! <laughs> I love crustaceans. He was one of the chefs or the cooks in at the camp Kikiki. Um and Exeronius himself. Exeronius. Um but as I mentioned earlier, he's been in a lot of uh Ernest movies. He was in Ernest Goes to Jail. Uh he might have been You know, he's uh he's been in a movie that we've covered on the podcast before. Uh I can't think of it off the top of my head. He was in The Outsiders. He was? He was. He played the character Jerry in The Outsiders. Wow. Like a kid? Is he <laughs> yeah. a kid? Yeah, I think so. Wow. Well, no, 83, so he wouldn't have been much no, of a kid. He would have been... Wow, that's He would have been about the age he is in this movie, because this was, what, 87? Yeah, so five years earlier. Five years earlier. Huh. Well, I just like his uh, kooky mannerisms. Like, he shoots his eyes back and forth when he's thinking of something. Um, he has this pig noise that he makes when he's scared or shocked. Um, and he has a buddy, Eddie, that's 
making food with them and they just get into these weird antics where they're trying to make this dish called eggs erroneous and they're throwing food into this concoction or this contraption which is basically a garbage disposal uh that shoots out the other side and uh i just love him i yeah it's it's a very this is already a weird movie but their scenes make it an even weirder movie. Oh man. Oh, they're, they're just out there. And it has nothing like you could take out all of their scenes and the movie wouldn't be any different. Really? Like it'd be a lot less funny. Yeah. It'd be less funny, but it'd also be a lot less weird plot plot wise. It wouldn't have changed anything. Like they, they get into a little bit of it with the battle. They start throwing food, but Oh, the best parts when they're running from the bulldozer and <laughs> fast forward. <laughs> they're playing like goofy music. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, he's he's good. I like he made the movie better. So that's why I picked Oh him. yeah, definitely. And if you're curious, just to help you out, um, do you remember the scene in the Outsiders where they they rescue the kids and the guy's sitting there and he's like, What do you do for a living? You guys are heroes. And he's like, Oh, we're greasers. You remember that part? Yeah. Yeah. He was the guy who said that. Ah. What do you do for a living? Who are you? He was the guy that like found them when they were rescuing the kids from the church. Okay. All right. Next category. Favorite scene. So, um, yeah, for me, 100%. My favorite scene is when they put the snapping turtles into the cooler, attach parachutes to them, and launch them out of the catapult. Pokey, you guys got your little shoots packed. Death from above, that's good. 216 by 121. I'm scared, son. We're all scared, son. Okay, ready? Now. Then the turtles, which are obviously just regular turtles, but are supposed to be snapping turtles because it's an earnest movie, <laughs> parachute down uh, and start biting these people. And it is the most ridiculous, most outrageous moment in, in the whole in all the movie. Like you see these construction workers, they're just looking up like, oh, what is that? <laughs> There's turtles on parachutes. And then one lands on their shoulder and they're like, oh, and they chomp. It bites them on the ear or something. It's it's so ridiculous. Yeah. And it never fails to make me laugh. And when I was a kid, I used to pretend that I would launch turtles <laughs> on parachutes because I thought it was so funny. Oh, man. And to this day, that scene makes me laugh because it's just so it's so crazy. So out like, where do they get that many turtles? How do they get parachutes for the turtles? <laughs> How do they train them to bite on landing? <laughs> the turtles are talking at one point. They, they literally, you see the turtles and one, one of the turtles goes, I'm scared, Sarge. And the other one goes, we're all scared, son. <laughs> they get shot up in the air. It's just, I, I love it. Yeah. it. It's so out there. I love it. It is wacky. <laughs> no turtles were harmed in the filming of this movie. <laughs> as far as we know 
but but many a nose was bitten that day. There was a, some serious shell shock going on. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm going to ignore that one. <laughs> uh, so my favorite scene was around there, but it was the fight scene between the kids and Ernest and the crater mining employees. And I wouldn't really say it was a fight because it was one sided. Um, yeah. <laughs> but with one exception, and that's the one guy who gets the bulldozer out. Yeah. But they, they turn this uh, bus into a something like a ship, something Almost out of Mad like Max or something. Ship. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a ship. Dude, how, how funny would that be to match that together? <laughs> <laughs> they come out of the woods and it's the freaking Mad Max rig and you've got like Varney up at the top and he's got like a face plate made of chrome. <laughs> Spraying like, himself with chrome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. There's an idea. Uh, but yeah, they, they build this concoct contraption and they go in they start playing weird music at first. They set up these speakers around the perimeter of where they're. Oh, it's just sound effects. Yeah. Um, then they just unload. Like they're throwing toilets, they're throwing fire pipe bombs, they're throwing, or they're shooting uh, turtles, they're shooting air. Are they shooting arrows? Uh, flaming, flaming arrows. arrows. Um, just all manner of stuff, and then. Jake and Eddie get into the mix and they start throwing food and it's just, and the employees are slipping and falling over the food on the ground. And it's it's just a a bunch of silliness, Mm. Uh, but it was a good scene. It was entertaining. Um, Next category, favorite quote. I'm interested to hear what you have on this one. Uh, So for me, my favorite quote, quote comes from the scene where uh, our our favorite chef is trying to get Ernest to try. Uh, I don't know what it, I don't know if it's eggs erroneous or not because it seems like they're trying to make eggs erroneous the whole movie. Yeah, it was something. They actually make it a few times, but I don't know. <laughs> In any case, he's made some food and he wants Ernest to try it. Mm-hmm. It may be his latest attempt at eggs erroneous. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's what it is. Something burning. Here, look, look out for you. Hey, hey. Look at that. Jake's specialty du jour, eggs erroneous. It's made with powdered eggs and 17 herbs and spices smuggled into this country by Tibetan monks. Ernest, I want you to cut yourself a big knock out of these eggs erroneous. No, I, I can't eat on an empty stomach. Why, of course you can. Eddie does, and look at that rosy glow to his teeth. But uh, Ernest is not really uh, going for it because it looks disgusting. And he's like, you got to try it. You got to. And uh, he, he he says two things that made me laugh. One was he said, uh, fond as I am of Tibetan cooking, a hungry lion always hunts best. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, that's pretty funny. <laughs> and then you actually said this one earlier. He said, you know, no, no, I, I just I just can't eat on an empty stomach. <laughs> <laughs> both of those little quick quips that, that both of them made me, made me snort. <laughs> yeah. And that's one of those ones that you were talking about, like 
kids aren't going to probably catch that last one. Um, a hungry lion always wants best. Yeah, that one was fast. Yeah. <laughs> the empty stomach. Yeah. I can't eat on an empty stomach. Mm-hmm. So those are always good. Uh, mine was a sort of sort of along those lines. It was another one that kids will never get. Doing it. I might even get good at it. See ya. Cold, wet nose. Color's good. No fever. <laughs> well, come on now, Ernest. You know, this isn't going to hurt much. I can take it, Miss St. Cloud. Real men can take it, and I'm a real man. A man with a hearty smile, a stout back, with grit in his teeth and nails in his knuckles. A man who has never tasted quiche. Is that your smallest needle? I did it! I took the Lindbergh, baby! I am Joseph Mingala! Um, but Ernest is a little afraid of getting a shot and he Mm -hmm. had to go get his shots, uh, from, uh, what was her character's name? Uh, it was the, the nurse, um, uh, uh, second nurse cloud, nurse St. Cloud, nurse St. Cloud. Yep. Uh, so he's, he's hemming and hawing around. He's trying to get out of it. Um, and finally she brings out this large needle and she stabs him in the arm with it. And he, <laughs> he says, I did it. I took the Lindbergh baby. I am Joseph Mengele. <laughs> and like kids aren't going to know who the Lindbergh baby is. They're not going to know who Joseph Mengele is, <laughs> but if you're an adult, uh, you might know. And uh, it's just funny that he's, He's basically confessing to things that he is obviously not uh, because he got a shot in the arm. Uh, it's it's very funny. Uh, and I think one of the funniest quotes in the movie. It, it's really funny. And it just kind of comes out of left field. You're just like, wait, what What did he say? Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot more of that in like Ernest Goes to Jail. He does a lot more costume work and he comes up with some amazing lines. Uh but anyway, it's it's really good. OK, last category of the Spice Awards. Funniest gag. So the funniest gag to me actually was a pretty easy pick. It, it was one part in the movie where I was just kind of sitting there watching and I actually laughed out loud. I had forgotten about it. And when it happened, I, I literally snorted and I wound up watching the scene like four times and laughing every time. <laughs> And that is uh, Ernest is he's by himself kind of in the dark and he's prepping a lantern and he's got this kerosene lantern and it's one of the old kind where you pump. Mm -hmm. And so like you pull out this little piece and you push it in and you kind of prime the gas by pumping this little thing. And he 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 freaking goes to town pumping this thing. He's just like (laughs) and he gets it so, so tight that he can barely push it in. And he's using all this strength and he finally pushes that thing in and he pulls out a match and he lights it. And then the match goes out and he's like, oh, he pulls out another match and he lights it. And then he goes and he goes to light the lantern. And as soon as he does. You hear like exactly like when you light the fuse on a bottle rocket, that kind of. (laughs) And then the lantern just goes, (laughs) just shoots up. And what's funny about it, one, it took me by surprise because I forgot about it. But two, and this is what really got me laughing. 
it it was it looked so bad. <laughs> it was like like somebody had the lantern on a string, and they were just like, okay, light the fuse, and so the sparks come, and so they're like, okay, pull it up, Ted. So it's like somebody just kind of lifts this thing up on a string, and then moves it like two feet, and then sets it back down. <laughs> it looks it looks awful, but that's what's so hilarious about it. It's just. You know, it's this real quiet scene. There's nothing happening. He's just lighting this lantern and then it's just. <laughs> I don't know. And something about that got me and, and it had me laughing for a good five minutes. Probably. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what was more funny to me about that was that he couldn't light a match without getting entranced by it the first time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's so- what happened. He's, he's like <laughs> stares at the flame until it goes out. <laughs> Yes, hundred percent. That's what happened. Yeah. Uh, so I, this wasn't. I it was funny, um, but I just like the uh, the uh, commitment to the gag. Um, at the very beginning of the movie, Ernest is running around on this golf cart. Um, it's it's how he gets around at the camp, and he ends up parking it and going inside to meet. Uh, I think Miss Miss St. Cloud or something. But as he walks away, the golf cart takes off and they're like, oh, that's weird. The golf cart has taken off. I guess he forgot to turn it off or the gas is stuck or something. And you don't foresee ever seeing that golf cart again. But every like 20 minutes, the golf cart would show up and it would be driving itself in the background and it would drive across the screen. Um, and it did that over and over and over again. And the very mm-hmm. last shot of the movie is the golf cart driving itself off screen. <laughs> and <laughs> I could just see them sitting in the writer's room or wherever they were making the script. And I was like, you know, what would be funny is if we had a running gag with this golf cart that drives itself. <laughs> and, uh, they really go all in on that too. The very first scene and the very last scene, you've got that <laughs> daggone golf cart. And it saves the day. Yeah. It, it does it all. It does it all. Yeah. Maybe that should have been most underrated character. <laughs> the golf cart from Ernest goes to game. All right. Hey, Matt. Hey, John. Did you know? Uh, and this is what I wanted to talk about, about Ernest, is that he actually started. So John R. Cherry and Ernest have been a part of every Ernest movie ever made, every Ernest thing ever made. Um, and they started making TV commercials for various sponsors. Um, and he became so popular that eventually larger and larger companies wanted him to do uh, commercials for their products. Um, but they couldn't get the availability because they had contracts with all these other smaller companies. And so what they did is they started venturing into television and movies. And that's how Ernest ended up with his own TV show. And that's how he ended up with the movies and the rest is history. He, he turned into a movie star because he was really good at making commercials and the commercials were all Ernest talking to Vern and Vern was holding the camera. And so Ernest was talking to you 
by looking at the camera. And uh, I think it's really cool that they started from just TV show, TV commercials, and that a lot of people that were making those commercials ended up transitioning to make making the TV show and the the movies. Uh, in the fight scene between Lyle uh, Alzado and Jim Varney, which that was the the foreman, the big foreman guy, and Ernest. Uh, Lyle punches Jim Varney in the face, and he accidentally really punched him, and he accidentally broke his nose. Mm. Uh, Jim Varney said later that uh, when you listen to that, you hear a crack. That was not added in post-production. That's <laughs> literally the sound of his nose breaking when he got punched in the face. Ooh. Yeah. I bet that hurt. I, I guarantee you it did. <laughs> there is a poker game that takes place in the movie between the delinquent kids and Ernest. And of course, Ernest acts like he has been playing poker expertly and professionally for years. Um, well, he ends up losing a lot of money during that game. And the exact total was $5,100. Wow. <laughs> it's a lot of money for a camp handyman who wants to be a counselor. So um, here's an interesting thing for you. In Ernest's cap, uh, some people may not know this, but the character Ernest P. Worrell uh, first came about doing commercials for TV. Uh, if you look on YouTube, you can find a lot of his early commercials. I know uh, one of the big ones was him doing milk. It's like country something milk. I don't remember Butter the milk. exact brand. Name. <laughs> but um, he did a bunch of commercials before he became the, the movie character star. And in his cabin in this film, there's a couple of props. Um, there's a photo of his mother, um, which is kind of funny because he plays his mother. So it's just him dressed up like a lady. Uh, there's a helmet that says Fast Ernie on it. There's a puppet uh, of an alligator uh, and I think several other things. Uh, all of these things were props from when he did the commercials. So he put them into the cabin. It's just kind of, uh, I guess, what would you call it? Easter kind eggs. Of, uh, yeah, Easter eggs. Thank you for uh, prior Ernest fans who liked his commercials. <laughs> uh Gail Gillard Sartain, who is Jake in this movie. Uh, we did uh, drop a mention that he plays a character in subsequent Ernest movies. But this movie is the only movie where he was not playing a character named Chuck. All the other Ernest movies mm. he's been in, he has been Chuck. Um, so Jim Varney, unfortunately, passed away uh, in 2000. Uh, at the time of his death, there were two additional Ernest movies that were planned on being made. Uh, those two movies were Ernest Goes to Space and Ernest and the Voodoo Curse. Oh, that might have been good. <laughs> I might have enjoyed both of those, <laughs> but I probably wouldn't have watched them if we're being honest. <laughs> I, I kind of stopped on Ernest after I'm like you about after jail and scared stupid. I was about done with Ernest. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and a lot of the ones after that went direct to video. <clears throat> mm -hmm. uh, the substance that the Crater Mining Company is after, they were calling it petricide. That is actually not an actual thing. It is a made-up mineral that they came up with for the movie. 
Not sure why, but they did. So Ernest, for those of you who didn't grow up with him, uh, you may not understand how big of a deal Ernest was for a while. Um, everybody knew who Ernest P. Worrell was, like at least in the United States. Pretty much everybody knew him. Uh, he had a fan club, and that fan club had literally tens of thousands of members in it. Now, you have to keep in mind, this was before the Internet was a thing. Mm-hmm. So these are people who are like subscribing and getting newsletters and sending letters and things like that. Uh, this is back when fan clubs weren't as easy as putting an email address into a form, right? It, there was a lot more involved then. Uh, and he was so popular that he had to disguise himself when he went out because every time he'd go out, he'd wind up getting mobbed by Ernest fans. So, um, yeah, I mean, coming into this not being alive or not remembering this time, uh, it's easy to not realize because these movies really do look cheap and kind of bad. But Ernest was really a big deal. And this was the movie that launched it all. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's one thing that's kind of odd about this film. Well, there's a lot of things that are kind of <laughs> odd about say, this film, hmm. but one thing in particular that makes it somewhat unique is that there are only two women in the entire cast of this film. Okay. Um, one is uh, Victoria Rasimo's character, the doctor. Mm-hmm. And then the other one is um, by a, a lady named Jean Wilson, who plays in a very short appearance as a guard at the uh, juvenile detention center where Ernest picks the kids up. Yep. Other than that, every other character in this movie is male. And, you know, a little bit of defense in that it is a movie that takes place in an all boys summer camp. Yeah. So working ladies in like not the easiest thing to do there. Mm-hmm. You're not typically going to see a lot of in, in early eighties summer camps. You're not going to see a lot of female staff in all boys camps. It's just, it wasn't like that, you know. That's true. But yeah, it's kind of interesting mm-hmm. that there's only two ladies in the entire cast. Hmm. That is our episode for tonight. Join us in two weeks. We're going to be getting into October. So we're going to be rereading the 2002 horror film Bubba Hotep, directed by Don Cosarelli. Should be interesting. Um, oh, yeah, it's a. That is one of the strangest and most amusing movies I've ever seen. (laughs) We would love it if you'd subscribe to the Cinema Men podcast and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. You can go to cinemamenpodcast.com to check out new and old episodes. We love to hear from listeners. So if you have a suggestion or just want to give us your take on a movie, email us at feedback at cinemamenpodcast.com or check us out on Twitter at twitter.com slash cinemamenpod. Thanks for listening. Gee, I'm glad it's raining. There's always something to be thankful for. I'm awfully glad it's raining. Cause no one sees your teardrops when it pours. And no one knows the thunder is your heartbreak in disguise. They think the rainy nights, what put that sad look in your eyes? Sure am glad it's raining, the gentle rhythm 
soothes the pain inside. I'm glad the stars aren't shining. A wounded warrior needs a place to hide.